You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. I really do. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. It is Packers-Bears, the 200th meeting between these two teams. An outstanding matchup of NFC North playoff hopefuls. The Bears ended the Packers' season in Week 15 last year. At least their playoff hopes. And Green Bay in Week 15 this season has the same opportunity. And you may recall... You may recall back in 2010, week 17, the Chicago Bears, who were going to win the NFC North with Jay Cutler and Lovey Smith, came to Lambeau Field with a chance to end the season for the Green Bay Packers to make sure they did not make the playoffs. You may recall what happened. Jay Cutler threw a bunch of picks. Not only did they not rest their starters, they played their starters, they played horribly, and they ended up losing to Green Bay. Green Bay goes into the playoffs as a result and beats Chicago in the NFC Championship game. And oh, by the way, the Super Bowl champions that season. Green Bay can end Chicago's playoff hopes this week, can do it on Sunday. And and the the betting line has been steadily coming down. It's now Packers by four and a half. Uh, opened at seven. Now that was before Washington and, and what happened with Green Bay in that game where they didn't look particularly impressive. But this is still a Packers team who can get to 11 and three, who can clinch a playoff spot and can end their rivals season. There is a ton on the line and I don't want anyone to think that this game is being taken for granted. It is not being taken for granted in that Packers locker room and it is certainly not being taken for granted in the Bears locker room. Now for Chicago, the injury report has some problems for them because Danny Trevathan is still not ready to go. They just put Roquan Smith on IR. That means both inside linebackers are going to be backups for the for the Bears in this game, which opens up opportunities for the Packers to use their running backs in the passing game. And whenever Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams have been a major piece in their passing game, this offense has been better. We talked about it earlier this week. The Packers don't really have receivers other than Devontae Adams who can get open quickly. They have big receivers, they have fast receivers, and and they have some reliable receivers, but even the tight ends, no one can get open quickly except Devontae. And something Washington did regularly was double Devontae, especially on third down. And Nathaniel Hackett said yesterday in his press conference, Washington played a ton of eight-man coverage, rushed three, and it took the Packers by surprise. They cannot be taken by surprise by that anymore. Teams are going to do that. And it is probably the prudent thing to do. 
This is what Mike Patton does. He says, I'm going to rush three and four, and if you're going to beat us running the ball, fine. Now, Green Bay can use running backs to counter this because if you're going to get running backs on linebackers, that is a matchup advantage for the Packers. It's something they did in the second half. That Aaron Jones double move that that they just missed is a great example of that. Not having Danny Trevathan, not having Roquan Smith, that's a problem when you're having to cover Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Chicago also not going to have their speedster Taylor Gabriel, who had really emerged and overtaken Anthony Miller in this offense. They have not been able to get consistent production from Javon Wims, who is uh, uh, also a fast receiver. And given how often Green Bay has been giving up big plays this season, although fewer the last few weeks, this is a big injury. Because Allen Robinson is going to see a lot of Jair Alexander, and when it's Kevin King, Kevin King questionable dealing with that shoulder injury. They they did a good job against Allen Robinson in week one. And Kevin King in week one last year did a good job against Allen Robinson. That was a really good matchup. They're probably going to give safety help and say, Mitch Trubisky, if you're going to beat us, it is going to be throwing to anyone but Allen Robinson. If it were me... I would roll coverage to Allen Robinson often, and I would I would let Jair Alexander take out Anthony Miller or whoever they're going to put out opposite Allen Robinson. I would do what the Patriots do so often, put the second corner more consistently on Allen Robinson, roll coverage to him, and let Jair just eat up whoever he's going against. But Green Bay is gonna is they're gonna do a lot of mixing. They're gonna play a lot of different kinds of ways. They're gonna they're gonna try and rush three, rush four. And make Mitch Trubisky read the field. Make him see what's going on. And when you don't have the ability to push the ball down the field, which they haven't really done with Allen Robinson this year, that makes them much easier to defend. So that is a big injury. And then Bobby Massey is the other big name. Um, And this, this Bears offensive line has not been good. And that has been a major reason why their run game has not been it has not been good. It's also uh, something that I think has held the offense back in the passing game at times because they haven't had a lot of opportunities to push the ball down the field. Now you have to you have to bring in another backup. They're already starting a backup right guard after um, Kyle Long went down, and now you have to bring in you know whether it's Cornelius Lucas or Alex Bars. You're going to have to bring in backups against Zadarius Smith against Preston Smith, and even Rashawn Gary and Kyler Fackrell. And as we discussed earlier this week, Zadarius Smith is playing at a defensive player of the year type level. So even if you double team him, that leaves Kenny Clark open, that leaves Preston Smith open, and even with those double teams, he is the most double teamed edge rusher in football this season by rate and is still by pressure rate the top edge rusher in football. Think about that. For a second, think about how well you have to be playing to be double teamed more than anyone in the league and still have the best pressure rate in football. This is this is an opportunity for Green Bay's defense to prove against a good team. The Bears are a good team. They're not a great team. They're an above average team right now. For a long time, they were a bad team. They've been playing well, and they played well to start the season. I think those are more indicative of this team's quality. They're an inconsistent team, much like Green Bay. Their highs have not been as high as Green Bay, and their lows have been much lower. And so that's why they're they're like they're like the 14th best team in the league right now. And Green Bay is probably like the eighth best team, 
10th best team somewhere in there. And that is, uh, you know, there is really not that big a difference. Green Bay has won more close games. And like I said, they've had fewer stinkers than Chicago. But there's a reason this game is only four and a half point line. Green Bay, like that's what, two, one and a half points difference on a neutral field. That's about right, given the inconsistencies of this team. Now, the ceiling of Green Bay is significantly higher because of Aaron Rodgers and and because what we've seen this offense do in spurts. We haven't seen Chicago do anything close to what uh, their peak last year was, but we also haven't seen their peak be anything close to what Green Bay's peak has been this season. So, it is it is a, a game where if Green Bay doesn't play its best and Chicago does, they can be as good as Green Bay. Now again, these injuries I think play a big factor here. I think Green Bay they they have the quarterback advantage. I think their advantage in the pass rush is is bigger relative to what's going on on the other side. Green Bay's offensive line much better than Chicago's and so to have similar quality pass rushes, Green Bay's by pressure rate has actually been better this year. That gives them a pretty big advantage there as well. And the run game. I mean, it's going to be freezing cold. 16 for a high on Sunday in Green Bay, 4 for a low. We're probably going to get those mid-teen temperatures. So being able to run the ball is going to be a huge part of this game. And Aaron Jones, even if he's not getting runs, as we mentioned with the linebackers, is going to be a major part of the passing game. So... Those advantages, those those built-in advantages plus the home uh, the home field advantage, I think sets Green Bay up to win a game that has implications in the playoff race. They have a chance to eliminate Chicago. That will not go unnoticed in the Packers locker room. They know that. In fact, Aaron Jones, when asked at his locker this week, said he knew they could eliminate the Bears but didn't know, didn't know they could clinch a playoff spot as well. They're focused on Chicago. They're focused on eliminating Chicago, going 1-0 against Chicago and, and stamping their ticket, putting this on their resume. This is their opportunity to make a statement. I mentioned 2014 when I didn't think Green Bay was the best team, but they had a chance to win the NFC anyway because they were going to have home field playoff games, and you know they, that gives them a huge advantage. We'll see what happens with Minnesota. I don't even want to get there. This is their opportunity to put together a game like New England. Like, I mean, there were a couple games that year where they went out and they put their stamp on their season to say, look at us. This is what we're doing. And we are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the NFC. And if you're dealing with your own force problems in the bedroom, we're not talking Star Wars now. BlueChew.com can help. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. BlueChew is prescribed online and ships direct, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we've got a special deal. You know all about the deal. For our listeners, you know the deal, so why have you not gone and tried it out? BlueChew.com with the promo code locked on to try it free. BlueChew.com. Just pay the $5 shipping. BlueChew.com with the promo code locked on to try it free. 
one of the questions that we got before I do jump into some of the ones sub sub submitted by listeners over the course of the week was Chris Sims calling the Packers a fake 10 and three, or they're a, they're a fake contender or whatever the phrasing is there. Green Bay is not your typical 10 and three team. I'll say that. Um, but by point differential, it's not like they're some seven win team that should be, you know, under 500 or something like that. I'm talking about seven and nine team. That's that's not happening. That's not going on. They have a number of wins by double digits. They have won games that they're supposed to win, and they're they're they have two losses on the road against good teams. And I, I add LA in there because they can be a good team. Uh, in fact, there's a lot of advanced numbers right now that show they are a good team. They're better than some teams who are probably going to make the playoffs. We know how good San Francisco is. And the, the Eagles game was was back when Philadelphia actually had receivers to throw to. Green Bay loses Devontae Adams. There was a, a flukiness to that game. There was the, the kickoff return that sets up points for Philadelphia. There was the fumble deep in their own territory for Green Bay. And, and that, I, I think, provides a, a roadmap to say, what, what are the games they were supposed to lose? What were the games that they didn't deserve to win that they won? It's not like they're pulling. They're not Seattle. They're not miraculously pulling games out of their their asses. That's not what's happening here. The Lions game was kind of like that. They got the benefit of a couple calls late. But, I mean, let's go through their wins. They beat Chicago in a game that their defense dominated. They get the one big play early, but their defense dominated that game. They deserve to win that game. Week two against Minnesota, they're up 21 nothing. I mean, you go through the slate. They they beat up Denver. Okay, they lose to Philly. They dominate the Cowboys for three quarters. They dominated Oakland. They they got out to a fast start against Kansas City and then held off a late charge from a very, very good Chiefs team, even with Matt Moore. By the way, a Chiefs team that with Matt Moore beat Minnesota. Then they beat the Lions. Not then, but they beat the Lions. We mentioned that. They 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 have the losses that we talked about. They beat the Panthers, not a fluky win. They beat Washington, not a fluky win in a game that was not as close as the final score indicated. Where's the flukiness about this? They played a tough schedule early on. So what are, what are we talking about here? They're not a lucky team. They haven't been lucky. So they've won the games that, that have been on their schedule. They've been lucky with health, that's for sure. But you need a little luck with health sometimes. They were lucky in 2014 with health. The Bears were really lucky with health last year. And although we haven't really talked about it, I think it's worth mentioning that all of the mental health days that Matt LaFleur has given, and they're, they're sort of their mental days where Green Bay is, is wanting to rest the bodies. They're really physical health days where they're, they're going through mental prep on a Wednesday. It's a walkthrough or maybe not even a walkthrough. They're, they're doing tape study. They're doing meetings where they're giving these players an extra day of rest. We know from sports science, we know that a lack of recovery time, insufficient recovery time, makes you more likely to be injured. And so th th we th this, this idea that they're giving these guys more recovery time and that that could lead to them being healthier actually totally makes sense. It tracks. Now, they could still get unlucky next season with this same, this same idea. They could still get unlucky later in the season or in the playoffs with this idea. Those things happen. It's the NFL. That's how this works. There's nothing fluky about this team in terms of being 10 and 3. So don't let anyone tell you that. Are they a fake contender? I don't know if anyone thinks they're they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. 
they're not in the class with New Orleans and San Francisco right now. They're not. Could they get there? Sure. Do they have the potential to be there? Yes. Are they there right now? No. Just flat out, no. They If if we stacked the NFC based on who's the best teams and seeded them in the playoffs that way, they'd be the three seed. They're probably going to be the three seed. So there's nothing. They're going to win probably 12 games and be a playoff team that wins a home playoff game and then has to go to either New Orleans or San Francisco and, and try and win. They're a, they're a contender insofar as they can win games. And that is that is all you need to know. But they're, they're not in the same tier as New Orleans and San Francisco right now. Who cares? Who cares? Honestly, who cares? Go win your games. Because if they win out, they're the two seed. And, and some, either New Orleans or San Francisco is going to have to come to them. So it, it just doesn't matter. Win the games. That, that's it. Win the games. All right. This is from Lee in Milwaukee. Hey, Peter. What's happening? This is Lee in Milwaukee. I was wondering, with MVS's crazy speed and Rodgers unable to throw it deep enough for him, why can't they use him in more of a slot receiver route like Nicole Hardman or one of those faster receivers? Keep locked on. Thanks. Bye. So this is one of those things that I, I think we can often get confused when we talk about speed and, and the way it is used. Nicole Hardman is not just fast. He is sudden. He gets in and out of his breaks. He is shifty in the open field. He's smaller. He can play in the slot. You can give him a jet sweep and he can create after the play. That's not MVS. MVS is a straight line speed runner. So the slot is not really the ideal place for him. He is a shot play player. Now, I do think jet sweeps are are somewhere that because of his speed, he can get to the edge and get downhill and pick up yardage a lot like Jeff Janis. He's sort of the player Jeff Janis was supposed to be on mesh, get him on crossers, on deep posts and go routes. That's where he's good. They don't really have a player who can can work from the slot the way Randall Cobb did. Now, that's a less important facet of this offense with Matt LaFleur. So it's a little less important. Now, to my earlier point about Aaron Jones and, and their ability to get open early, you still would like to have guys who can get open early. I think that's going to be a focus of the offseason is whether it's a tight end or whether it's a receiver to get someone who can win early to get this quick passing game back on track. Aaron Rodgers' quick passing game this year has not been as good as recent years, not been as good really as any year in his career, but he's been better pushing the ball down the field and creating deep. So it's just right now it's a personnel problem. MVS is not the answer. All right. Hey, Peter, what's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? Sean D. from Illinois. It's Mike. Is Mike Pettin's seat starting to get warm or should the Packers roll with him one more year? It seems it seems the Packers keep giving up huge pass plays. We have the worst rushing defense in the league and for uh, that to play a small part to help defend the pass. It seems like this isn't working anymore. Thanks for your thoughts. By the way, not the worst run defense in the league, not by DVOA. So uh, they they are they have been better the last few weeks with Kenny Clark healthy. And the safeties have been a big part of this. When you don't have your safeties healthy, when Darnell Savage is not healthy and you don't have your nickel safety healthy, and that's how you want to play with a lot of your nickel. When you're giving up this advantage that, that Sean talks about to defend the pass and you're giving up size to defend to, to, against the run, when you don't have, when that third defender or that second defender next to Adrian Amos is not a quality player. It's hard 
to, to really maximize that advantage of playing small. That's been the problem they've had much of the year. But think back to early in the year. They have Raven Green. They have Savage. They have Amos. That was when the defense was playing its best. And over the last few weeks, Ibrahim Campbell comes back. Darnell Savage is healthy. Adrian Amos is healthy. And now you have that three-safety look that gives you this maximum flexibility. You can play Shannon Sullivan in the dime. Josh Jackson played really well last week in the dime. And that gives them what they're really looking for. When you have the personnel, defense is so much personnel. Offense, you can scheme up. If you don't have the the bodies on defense, if you don't have the dudes, you're not going to be a good defense. So not having their guys, not having those safeties, those overhang defenders to not only handle your big plays, but play in the box against the run, that is when you run into problems. And that was part of the problem for Green Bay in this stretch with its defense. They are still a defense coming together. This is year one of Amos, Zadarius, and Preston Smith. And how have those dividends been been yielding? Right? That we've seen huge payoffs from those players in free agency. The good players have been good this year. That's that is a coach's job, is to make sure the good players are good and to put them in a position to succeed. And then try your best to mitigate the issues that a bad player or a or an average player or a you know just a subpar player mitigate the issues that they create for you. And I, I don't I can't I can't say for certainty or for certain how good a job Mike Patton has done with that. I think there are certainly quibbles that I've had with him. I think you stick with him. One of the reasons why uh, Matt LaFleur stuck with him is Number one, the Packers front office wanted that, but number two, continuity is so important. You know, look at the look at the jump that the 49ers defense made. They bring in new talent, and then you have that institutional growth from the players who know the system better. That that matters. That has value. So another year in the system for Jair Alexander, a second full season for Kevin King, Darnell Savage and and Adrian Amos playing together. You're seeing now Mike Patton get more creative by using Zadarius Smith. Use him in the A-gap. Use him as a three-technique rusher. Use him on the outside. Use him a little bit of everywhere. They weren't doing that really early in the season. They were just trying to get everyone on the same page and playing together. Now, everyone knows where they're supposed to be. They know what they're doing. And now you can get a little bit more creative. And I think we're going to see more stuff like that from Mike Patton moving forward. All right, before we finish up, the original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep service with the right amount of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked on NFL and using locked, excuse me, locked NFL and using locked NFL at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. And if you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this all and other offers of locked on sponsors at lockedonpodcasts.com. Slash offers. Today's episode is also brought to you by my bookie. My bookie is the place where you can take all of your sports knowledge and turn it into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action of my bookie. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, so do the smart thing. And do it at MyBookie right now. MyBookie will match your deposit halfway up to $1,000. That means if you deposit 2000 
they will give you an extra 1000 in free money to play with. Just enter promo code locked on at checkout. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's finish up with this question. It's from Chad in New Mexico. He said, Rashawn, Preston, Zadarius, and Kenny are one of the deadliest four-man fronts in football. Maybe it's just this Washington team, but these are still NFL-caliber offensive linemen that are getting thrashed around. Seeing Zadarius and Rashawn lined up inside keeps getting me excited, and they keep producing in that formation. Shout out to Goody and Petten both. Absolutely, this is sort of the other end of the spectrum from, from the earlier question. This four-man pressure is getting home. And it is such an advantage to be able to do that. We saw last week, in fact, against Green Bay. So both for the Packers and against the Packers, a three and four man rush that can still create pressure in under three seconds allows you to cover on the back end and get a quarterback off his spot to to not allow him to play in rhythm. And what Mitch Trubisky wants to do is either get the ball out quick or use his legs. So if you can cover everything, if you can play eight behind or seven behind, he's not going to have a a chance to to get the ball out quickly, probably, unless you've blown the coverage, which Green Bay's done a little too often this season. And then you can get pressure there. So if it's not early and he's got to hold the ball, now you've got Zadarius Smith on a backup offensive tackle coming home trying to hunt the quarterback. That gives you an excellent opportunity to try and win a game. And it's just such an advantage to have. And it's not just that group. You can put Kyler Fackrell out there and and rush them. We still haven't seen the full NASCAR package where you put all four outside linebackers out there at once. I do think we'll see that. Rashawn Gary and Zadarius Smith inside. Preston and Kyler Fackrell on the outside. Third and 15. Maybe they do that. But we saw Mike Patton get more aggressive earlier. First down. Second down. Run blitz. Get after uh, opposing offenses earlier and you get into third and down third and long more often which allows you to play those four man fronts and cover in the back end that is the ideal formula for green bay on defense on offense to to the question we just had on periscope i think you're going to see a lot more three tight end personnel this week uh, especially taking advantage of those linebackers because green bay against washington against a a pretty solid washington front uh in fact a, a legitimately good washington front in those three tight end sets especially, ran all over Washington. They can do that against Chicago. And if you can run the ball out of those sets, that is uh, a huge plus for you because it's heavy run. If you go heavy run and the defense knows you're in heavy run and you can still run it, that means you're executing. And that's going to be really deflating for a defense. Now, even better as if you can go heavy run and pass. And that was what Green Bay was able to do last week. That was what made their offense unstoppable early in the game. They went back to it later in the game. I think especially with these linebackers out. I know Nick Kwiatkowski has been has been solid this year. He flies around. He is a, a downhill, big-time hitter. He can't run with Aaron Jones. He can't run with Jamal Williams. And, so, and certainly can't run with Jay Sternberger, Big Bob Tanya, and Jimmy Graham. And the way that they've been getting these guys open on some of these play-action shots with with three tight ends, on the first play that they hit Jimmy Graham on, they had Jay Sternberger on the wheel, touchdown. I bet they call that first series this week and and look for Jace because they're the Bears are going to be ready for that play, certainly keying on the Jimmy Graham part. And you get 
a backup linebacker on Jay Sternberger on the backside, it's a touchdown. It's a touchdown. I think you're going to see, especially in a cold weather game, you're going to see a lot of play big and throw and spread them out and run. And that's how I would attack the Chicago defense. I have this game uh, 24-20. I think Aaron Jones gets plenty of touches, but Jamal Williams is going to get his touches too. This is a cold weather game. This has got Jamal Williams written all over it. This is a, an NFC North slugfest. I think I think Green Bay plays well enough to win. I think even though the score is close, I think it's going to be 24-20. I think Green Bay is going to look much better, certainly, than they did in week one. And they're going to look better than they did last week. This is going to be a good football game, a, a competitive, um, high-energy, high-intensity football game. Both teams are going to bring something close to their A game, and I just think Green Bay is going to be the better team. Aaron Rodgers is going to do enough. That's that's what he needs to do, enough. And, you know, this is, this is when Rodgers really is at his best. He's got a passer rating over 120 on noon kickoffs this year. He is uh, at his best in December. In the regular season, I mean, there were there were year stretches, multiple year stretches where they didn't lose games in December with Mike McCarthy with Aaron Rodgers because that was just this was winning time, and that's what this is for the Green Bay Packers. I think they're going to do it. They're going to get to eleven and three. They're going to eliminate the Chicago Bears. The beautiful symmetry of getting them back for twenty eighteen in the two hundredth meeting between the Packers and the Bears. Green Bay gets the win, and they move on to Minnesota in in two weeks on Monday night. A game that is of huge import for both teams with, with playoff seating with the division. And it's going to be a great one, too. So this is this is a lot of great football coming up for Packers fans in the NFC North. Division football, the weather is cold. I mean, this is, this is why we do it, right? This is why we follow. This is why we watch. This is why you're a fan. This is why we love this game. We're going to be back on Monday to talk about all of this. So keep it locked on, locked on Packers. Not even any, not even a pun. Just that's what you should do. Keep it locked. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to be a part of a show like this one, hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920 920- 341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.